And it was a much-needed win, especially in a game where they were leading by 13 at some point. And then last night's game was a pure representation of when you just don't have it. That's that's what's wrong with the New York Knickerbockers. It's how the Knicks have been playing. Like I said, second in points, second in field goal percentage against three points. You got to question yourself. And, and this game showed every aspect of it. The ISO, we have the, we, the, the bench scoring has, has, has disappeared. Boy, Nick Baca has, and I'll be, I'll be hosting around today. So Steve wants to, you know, he wants to lean back today. Um, he's a little tied up. And, you know, I have him duct taped to his, you know, his computer chair right now. It's the Knickerbocker Avenue Fan Forum on the Bleed Blue Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome all to the Knickerbocker Ave Fan Forum. I'm your boy, the source of the streets, Knickerbocker Ave. Uh, the New York Knicks have taken a victory, closing out the, the first half of the, of the season, um, entering all-star break with a 122-101 victory over the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, tying the season series, you know, big games by Jalen Brunson, John Julius Randle, both of them kind of go off. Um, kind of leaving the kind of leaving the kids uh, to uh, you know, to run the show. The bench played pretty well. Um, big game by Josh Hart. Big game by uh, Obi Toppin. Uh, I, I believe it's like what six Knicks and double figures tonight. Um, and it's a much needed victory over a team that you know we have a rivalry. We have um, you know this this kind of like living hatred for Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks, I'm dating back for two years now. Um, Steve, I enjoyed the game. I, I, I like the fact that we won. You know, we had a wire-to-wire victory, especially considering that we were up as many as twenty-five. And we kind of kept the gas going. We let it off a little bit, but we took care of business. What, how are you doing, Chief? Hey, what's going on, Ev? How you doing? It was a great win, a great wire-to-wire win. Um, I mean, what's not to like? Well, there's a couple of things I didn't like from the game. Um, you see the tweets as far as the shooting from R.J. Barrett and wide open shots from Quentin Grimes, but outside of that, uh, what a fantastic wire to wire win going into the All Star break. We got Dominic with us, Mr. G with us. I believe this is Ariel with us. So I know we, let's knock it out. Um, Nickelbacker Ave, we can get into the discussion because listen, man, there's nothing that surprises me with this Josh Hart acquisition, and I, I. I'm actually shocked that people are still having debates about Cam Reddish allegedly. So we can have that discussion and get into this talk, man. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of dumbfounded with that love affair for Cam Reddish. I, I, I honestly don't understand what some fans, you know, what, um, you know, folks, if you, if you, you're not supposed to drink the bong water. If, if you're hitting the bong a little bit too hard, <laughs> bing bong, no, you can't stop doing that. Okay, um, but let's you know let's get right into it. Dominic Denaro uh, DP on Twitter, how you doing, man? Let's get how you doing? Hey, everybody, just uh, bring you on, just say hello real quick, and we'll get right back to you. Don, what's up, bro? How you doing, sir? Good evening, Stephen. Good evening, guys. Let's roll. All right, cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mr. G was with us. Uh, KGYR, what's up, sir? How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Good. Good evening, all. I was just letting my man Dom do his thing. All right, cool. I I think this is area four three nine seven. Is this you, sir? Yeah, this is the bishop. Oh, oh, bishop Hello? is back with us. Okay, okay. What's going on, bishop? Oh, the heavy head is back. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes sir. <laughs> but let's up, let's man? start it off. <laughs> Welcome back, brother. Welcome to the forum. So let's get started with Dominic. Uh, Dominic, you know, a big victory tonight for, over the Atlanta Hawks. And then, of course, you know, we finally ended a losing streak against the Brooklyn Nets. And um, the Knicks have been taking care of business since the last we spoke, you know, since the trade deadline. How are you feeling about these, about this team going into the All-Star break? Oh, yeah, one more thing. Anybody's right. not speaking, please mute your line. I'm sorry, Dom. Anybody not speaking, please mute your line. You already know I'm mute. All background noise. Go ahead, Dom. Fire away. I'm feeling great because we had this conversation. Remember before we talked and the trade deadline was coming, and we was like, man, even if the Knicks got Josh Hart. <laughs> and next thing you know, we hung up, and they got Josh Hart. But you know what, guys? I'm, I'm beyond the Cam Reddish thing. That has nothing to do with what's going on right now. We had back-to-back smokings. We smoked the Nets. We smoked the Hawks. And now we get a break. Thank you know, the NBA with their infinite wisdom, the Knicks won't play again for about six months. 
But that's good because they need the rest because everybody thinks they play their players too many minutes. Everything, I hate to say this, and I know my boy Bishop's going to elaborate. Everything looked great tonight except one player. And it's getting kind of hard to watch now, guys. I'm, I'm, I say this with love because I'm a Knicks fan. But R.J. Barrett is becoming very hard to watch, fellas. I, I don't know if it's just me, but it's almost like if, if Steve is hitting, he's got to, like, overdo something to, to prove and to show he's still out there. Come on, man. It's, it's, it's a team game, and I always say this. There's nothing wrong with being Alfred. There's not many Alfreds making the money you're making. Accept the role. Feel the role. Because you know what? If I was the Knicks, Josh Hart would be getting some of his minutes. Josh Hart would be getting some of a couple of people's minutes. But this guy really, come on, guys. We was in a groove, and he was still shooting bricks. How are you 0 for whatever, and you're still shooting threes? Move on. You felt it going to the basket. He had success going to the hoop. And what does he do? He goes back out to the corner, and he goes 0 for 6. Really? Come on, man. It, it, again, it's getting hard to watch, but this was not only a great – the only thing I hope for – let me say this before I get with it. I know the Knicks were up by 22 points early. We were like, oh, man, here we go again. I prefer the Knicks to come from behind <laughs> to have a big lead because their big leads start to scare me, and they almost did it tonight. But this is what I like. They got that lead down to 11. The next thing you know, they started balling again. 13, 15, back to 17, 21, 24. This, I think, guys, some will say the Nets because we haven't beaten the Nets in, like, forever. But this might have been one of the better games the Knicks had this year because they did everything right, guys, not only wire to wire, which somebody would have to look it up. I don't remember us having many wire-to-wire wins. That's just me. I don't remember it. So I think especially they on the road, maybe will go. Huh? And especially on the road. And look, in Atlanta, it's not that bad because that's sort of like Orlando. It's like our second, third home. But you're right, Steve. On the road, wire-to-wire. And here we go, guys, and I kept telling you all this, with the being third and second and field goal percentage against, three-point percentage against, Atlanta shot 41%, 19%. The Knicks, the Knicks outdo everything except for six. So, you know what? Great win. They, they buckled down, and I, I'll tell you what. I love hearing these people on Twitter. They, you know how they do, Steve. They kill you. Oh. I know the Knicks are playing great, they're playing ball, but I still want Tibbs fired. I mean, okay, if, that, if that's what you want, then let that horse ride off in the sunset. But let's concentrate on now. And right now, guys, they're playing good ball, but then again, this is what we expected. You know, we, we're a mid-level team. We're rising pretty fast. So, I'll, I'll leave it for now. I'll let G get his get his groove on. But good, great win. Not even a good win. Great win. And how many games are we over five hundred now, guys? I'm not. It's six. Six games. Over I believe 500. it's five or six. I think it's six games over five hundred. Oh, I'm I'm happy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, before we to G, I want to touch on that moment uh, for a moment on the RJ Barrett Dom just alluded to. Um, RJ had another one of those abysmal nights. He had 17 points, yes, but he did on 6 for 16 shooting. He was 0 for 6 for 3 points. And this is now like the second or third game, maybe like the fifth game in a row, where RJ Barrett seems to be still scoring his, you know, his usual kick, but he's taking a truckload of shots and he's not being efficient. Not to mention... I was keeping an eye on that, that on his position, on seeing where we were gonna, you know, where we were gonna falter. And sure enough, Alfred is letting us down a little bit. You know, you got Randall and you got Brunson. They're your workhorses, 
they're the ones that are going to get you the, the majority of points. But he's supposed to be the number three scorer, and right now, even though yeah, he's still he, he's still the number three scorer at the moment, but he's not being efficient. It's something. It, 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 it's I'm dumb. It's hard to see that sometimes. Because he was our third overall pick. I drafted him had in years, and this is the production we're getting after his extension. I mean, I understand that you you know you can cower down to you know professionalship. This is getting ridiculous, Mister G. What do you think about the R.J. Barrett thing, as Dom alluded to? And how how are you feeling about the latest victory, the streak the Knicks have been on? Oh man, as far as R.J., I'm gonna agree with you fellas. Is it's definitely hard to watch. I mean, I'm trying to give him a little chance or whatever, but to see the inconsistency. It, as the lead it is right now, it is really hard to watch. Like um, like John was saying earlier, if you know your, your your shot is off and you're attacking the basket and it's working, why are you trying to fix something that's, that isn't broke? I mean, I, I get when they dish the ball out to you, you're on the three-point, um, you take your open shot or whatever, I get it. But the fact of stepping back to try to shoot the three when you're already off, it. it it always blows my mind. Um, as far as the win, oh man, beautiful win. I think the only thing that you could say is that yeah, they they let the the lead get cut down to eleven, but as Dom also said, they they put their foot back on the gas and they they took the lead, and well, you know they the lead back up, back over twenty, so that was beautiful. To beat the Nets, um, the previous game, the way they did, great. Um, I know you mentioned about the whole Cam situation or whatever. Uh, I feel the same. Like, eh, it, it ain't. For anybody that's still talking about it, they got to be delusional, emotional or something because there's, there's no way. There's no way. There's like no way. That's all I can really say. Like, it's cool. I guess if you're emotional and you get attached, that's cool. Good luck. But but the Knicks um, is looking good, man. I feel they looking real good. They they balling. Getting Josh Hart was like, oh man. As Dom said, we we mentioned that um before the trade deadline, and the same night, the the man that I mentioned, they pick him up and he's balling. He is balling, rebounding. His defense is crazy. His energy is just ridiculous right now. I'm loving it. The fact that they get some some time off as well is great for them. It's great for them. Hopefully, they don't get too much time off. And, and I mean, they, they come back and they get right back into it. Well, yeah, the Knicks are up for another eight days. Um you know, for the exception of our of um, Julius Randle, who will be participating in the in the All Star game, and I think Jericho Sims was participating in the slam dunk contest. Um, but you know, great points, great points. Uh, I, I'm loving the energy. Um, we have the Bishop online, so Bishop, if you're still with me, um, no, yeah, you know, yeah. Tell, yeah. Tell, tell me, tell me how you feeling, and, uh, and and you know, bring that fire, homie. Yeah, um, can you hear me? Loud and clear. Loud and clear. Okay. Yeah, so um, it was a decent win. I think Randall focused too much on arguing with the referees. And uh, he started off well, and then he started forcing stuff and stagnating the offense, which was a little bit different because I haven't seen him do that all season uh, since Brunson's been here. So I think that impacted outside of uh, R.J. Barrett taking – those coast-to-coast missing layups and jacking up threes. It just looks like, and and not guarding anybody, it just looks like he's out like a fish out of water. Four seasons in, it's like what doesn't fit. His game doesn't fit with what they have. Um, Saw it happening, and I saw this at the beginning of the season. Brunson and Randall established a chemistry, and they pretty much, like, excluded him, like, Brunson is a he's a scoring point guard, but he looks to dish the ball. You notice, like very rarely does he try to look for RJ 
because he doesn't, because RJ is going to take those four shots. So it's like I don't have to look for him. He's going to get shots. I hate when he gets the rebound and goes coast to coast. I hate that, that one-on-four, because he never makes it. He never makes that shot. And I think when he's out there, that impacts Grimes, because Grimes is a, a shooter that has to get in, like, the flow. And the, the flow of the game is, like, stagnated or just, like, like, it's not smooth. And I think that throws him off. So I, I'm, I see R.J. Barrett's minutes being reduced, thought it being reduced, like, from the 38, 40 to, like, 26. So I think that's going to be a consistent diet for him. And you got to do what you got to do in those 26 minutes. And if not, oh, well, you're on the side. I um I think that the Knicks right now are they're capable they're capable of the last 22 games they should win 16 to 18 of those 22 games depend the teams that they're playing win the games that you're supposed to win and play smart and don't beat yourself they could potentially win 16 to 18 out of those games and be close to like 50 finish the season close to 50 wins which should be a goal each season uh, to me with the, with the team that they have. I think, like, the Knicks missed the mark on getting a, a big because I'm tired of Mitchell Robinson always getting hurt. And I, 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 for the life of me, I don't know why they didn't go after Mo Bamba because Orlando was, like, giving them away. Like, you could have you gained them $5 in, in, in Metro Park, and they would have given Mo Bamba away. So I, I don't know why the Knicks didn't to him for some of Assurance, because Mitch, when he's in, he's okay, but he's always hurt. It's like he's always hurt. His hip, his knee, his hand, something. And it's like I don't think we'll have enough. Um, I know we'll probably win the first round playoff series. Second, I know I'm jumping ahead. Second round, um, I think you know if we want to be a tough out in the second round, we need to, we need a. a a big man. We need somebody who's a rim protector who's, who's going to play. And Mitch is like, uh, I don't know. You know, it's like each season, there's always a pocket of games where it's like two po- a pocket here, a pocket there, 10 to 15 games that he's missing for some kind of injury. So I'm a little tired of that. I'm a little weary of that. But other than that, you, are, you guys know how I feel about RJ. <laughs> I, wish, I wish they would do something with him because he doesn't fit with this team right now. That's all I had to say. Wow, excellent points, excellent, excellent points on that. Um, I, I definitely agree on that, on that sentiment that it seems like R.J. Barrett is not fitting well on this team. And, you know, I actually uh, had someone tell me earlier today, why don't you, instead of benching Grimes, why don't you bench R.J. and let um, um, let Josh Hart, you know, get you know get his minutes, which is kind of, you know, an interesting thought. I think it's a little bit too premature um, to, you know, to consider that, Steve. I don't know how you feel about that, but, um, I mean, just seeing how RJ has been performing over the last, you know, week or so, maybe over the last two weeks, it, it's been very hard to watch. You've already heard Dom. You've heard Mr. G. You've heard Bishop all say the same thing. What are you saying? Listen, I agree with the fellas on RJ Barrett and especially what happened tonight. So, I'm trying not to dog him. I'm trying to look at other areas of the team to address. So, yeah, uh, RJ, the bad shooting. I mean, if, if if his shooting was good in the third quarter, we would have we would have been up 30 on the Hawks. But because of him missing a couple of shots that cut the lead down to 11, uh, his inefficiency tonight was a lot of that as far as the Hawks hanging around. There was a sequence in the game uh, in, the, in the second half where he's, like, dribbling in circles like he's cycling a hockey puck. You know, he's, he's dribbling half circles, going baseline. And, and you know, I do, I do love, of course, love when he's in attack mode. I mean, he tried to dunk it from the baseline. He got fouled. Um, but, yeah, the, the shooting, we've, and I'm trying to be patient with this because Mr., Mr. Live got us on this, was it two seasons ago, right? Because remember, I asked that question two seasons ago about R.J. Barrett. I didn't think his shooting would improve, but later in the season, two years ago, it did get better. I'm still going to bank on that uh, because I was proven wrong. We were all proven wrong on this show two years ago when Mr. Live 
actually said he, his shooting was going to improve, and it did in that bubble year. So that's enough for me out, out of uh, RJ, uh, RJ Barrett. I mean, you guys already y'all, you already tackled, you know, you tackled it, you know, accurately uh, tackled it. But I just, you know, it sucks. But we already know what I said as far as Josh Hart on the uh, extended. Remember, Ab, we had the Nick Baca Avenue extended on your Twitter after the show last week. I said yeah. Josh Hart is going to, in theory, he should push RJ or he's going to take away minutes from RJ. Josh Hart is a winning basketball player. He won a national championship, you know? In a year where Duke didn't win the national championship with Cam Reddish and Zion Williamson, didn't they, Dom, didn't they lose to, like, who the fuck was it? To? That, they lost in Orlando in the tournament. I forgot who it was. Damn, I, I can see the jersey colors in, in my head. I, I can't remember who they, who Duke lost to. Like they just did not show up. But they, I, I'll have to go back and look, man. But I know. But anyway, besides the point, I, I want to go back with what Bishop said. And as far as Randall and Grimes, not Randall and Grimes, Randall and Brunson, I I don't look at them as okay. They're at, there's this dynamic duo in the sense of they're playing off each other. I think more so often than not, they could just get their own shots in one on one situations. More and I, but more so Brunson because his shots are more high percentage. Like he'll get into the paint or he'll create space to do the fall away, one legged fade away, or get into the paint deep or the kickouts. Um, I mean, this is why he should be an all star. You know, I'm not really big on the all star thing per se. I mean, I, you want your players to be recognizing it, and this is for their contracts and all that other stuff. But I, you know, you know, but Brunson should be an all star. I mean, he should. Like he's killing it. Like. But I didn't think when we got him from Dallas, he was going to be doing all this. I, I, but we're we're getting it at a premium right now. I just, I, I just, I do want to focus on this this grinds because he has got the. Okay, this is something that's probably going to have to be fixed in um, the all season. I mean, his shots for um, what is that noise, man? Somebody mute your line, please, please. Um, grinds has got the. When we come out of the break, I hope. His three-point percentage goes up. I think he was two for six tonight, but a lot of his looks are wide open and they're disturbingly wide open. Yeah, Grimes has knocked down a lot of clutch threes under two minutes this season, but with his looks, like what's, what is the league average? Thirty-five percent. He's under the league average in three-point percentage. He, if, if the Knicks are actually going to get out of the first round or even try to get to an Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, we know we're going to get out of Brunson and Randall Barr and injury, but Grimes has got to hit more. He's got to, to me, he's got to hit more than what he's hitting because of his wide open looks, the, the command that Brunson and, and Randall is getting. Uh, that's, I want to, you know, I'll leave it at there. I have more to say, but I'll leave it at there. Oh, yeah, one more thing, Ab, one more thing. Um, uh-huh. I, and, and I hate the fucking foul calling. Like, how you, who was it that got clothesline going to, Josh Hart got the technical, right? He got clothesline. He got literally 1993 NBA fouls. They didn't even call it. He got the technical, but you put you put a finger on Trey Young. It's a foul, and, and that's the bullshit I can't stand. That, I mean, that is just no. who is not who's not seeing this shit. And and and, and see, then that, that that's when I feel like the, the the officiating gets you know way too involved in the outcome of games. Um, when there's a when there's a hard a hard foul, okay. If you missed it, that you know things happen. Sometimes you know we you know the TV what we see on TV may not exactly be what the, what the referee's seen on the court. That's understandable. But what I won't tolerate is when you start calling technical fouls, you know, back to back to back to back to back, and then you're actually now like like you just said. So you let a hard foul go. But you sneeze at a, you sneeze at a guy, and all of a sudden we're we're talking about flagrant twos and stuff. This is where I think you know the officiating has to really start to you know clean that up. And I know that you know that the NBA is taking a lot of uh, preventative measures, and you know doing these uh, referee committees and, stuff and whatnot, and you know and reevaluating games. But the officiating has to start becoming a lot more consistent. It's like if we're gonna be you know focusing on traveling and, and carries and things of that sort, that's fine. But a foul is a foul is a foul, no matter what court you're on, whether you're playing in the NBA or you're playing at Rikers. It's a foul, okay, man? Come, let's not do all that now. But um, excellent points, excellent points. Um, you, you know, uh, I feel like, you know, the possibility of an Eastern Conference Finals is not completely out of the realm. Um, I wouldn't pen that in right now. Um, but – 
It is possible. I mean, the, 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 the Knicks are definitely firing on all cylinders with still Mitchell Robinson, you, you know, less in, 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 in the situation. I'm not quite sure when he's due to be back. I don't think it's like a week after the All-Star break. Who knows? Um, but, you know, given if he comes back and he's healthy and he's, a, he's back at 100% and you add that with Josh Hart, I mean, first of all, you're going to lose Jericho Sims because he's going to he, – he, you're not getting – you're not going to, you know, give them the, the, the same amount of minutes, you know, early on. Um, but we already know that Deuce McBride is losing minutes as it is because Josh Hart's there. Um, I, you know, at this point, I, I, hate, I would I rather. Hate to ask, Ab, I know, I know you're going on your thing, Ab, but I got it. Let's not. Say, Mitchell Robinson is not Will Chamberlain. I mean, I don't know. I don't understand no, the, the broadcast was making as if if Mitchell Robinson is coming, we're going to win the next thirty three like the seventy two Lakers. Like, what are we talking about? Sims and Hartenstein to uh, Bishop's point, they are serviceable. Now, it, it will Mitchell Robinson to me is probably more needed in like a series versus the Sixers because of MB. But outside of that. <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about? You know, I mean, I, I want to know Dom and Mr. G's and Bishop's point uh, about that as far as, you know, when Mitchell Robinson, I like what Hartenstein is doing. The boxing out. But that's neither here or there. I'll, I'll wait around. I just want to make sure I get Dom and Mr. G and Bishop to say that, Av, and your, even your opinion on that. Uh, what do you think, Av, well, about that? Well, 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 see, I, I'll be very quick because I want to bring Dom on, on, on the Mitchell Robinson thing. Mitchell Robinson you know, is a very key component to this, to this team. He does anchor the defense. He does do a lot of shot blocking. He does do a lot of rebounding. And, you know, he keeps balls alive in a lot of instances. Um, the, the fact that he got hurt, you know, and, and, and he's been out, I mean, yes, you're right. Hartenstein and, and Sims have been serviceable. But the impact, I think, is a lot greater if you're getting it from one from one position than you're getting it from two different people. So, I don't know, Dom. You could probably you could probably disagree with me on this one, but I feel like I would rather have one Mitchell Robinson than just an Isaiah Hartenstein um, um, and Sims um, combo. What do you think? That that that's the problem because you know you know so many times I say the same thing, Steve. I, wow, you know we've known each other for eight years, nine years, uh, Phil Jackson. But we've known Mitchell Robinson since we've all known each other. And what do we always say? Bishop just said it. Steve just said it. When are you going to get a Mitchell Robinson? And how many times have we said four or five years in the league and you haven't developed a turnaround jumper, a spin to the hoop? You can say what you want about Hartenstein. Hartenstein, Steen, whatever he goes by nowadays. But he can move his body. Does it does it look Bill Walton esque? No, but does he make the defense have to work? Yes, because he could actually move his body and he could actually throw that little goofy left-handed floater up in the air. <laughs> and sometimes it goes in. I mean, you look at tonight, guys: seventeen rebounds, three block shots. I don't give a shit if you're getting that from one guy or six guys. We're not getting it from Robinson on a consistent basis. And we've said this for as long as we've known each other and as long as we've known Mitchell Robinson. Come on, fellas. We all sat back last year, and we were debating. If we sign him, I don't know if they get him on a good frame. But, but should the Knicks re-sign him? We went over this shit last year. And what happens this year? Remember what I said, guys, two years ago with the bubble season, when I did that stupid-ass prediction, Steve, we went on that run that year, became the best defensive team in the NBA with Mitchell Robinson on the bench. So when you, when you sit there and you weigh the good, the bad, see a difference, fellas. That's just me. I'm like, I'm like Bishop. The, the, the magic were having a yard sale. We all knew Mobamba was leaving. I get hard, but that don't mean we have to stop it hard. We could have gotten Obama on the low, on the cheap. Don't work out, he bounces. Just that simple. Same thing with uh with Hart. Believe it or not, guys, if this don't work out, if Hart wants more money, whatever, he leaves. But you got to put your best foot forward. 
because for every year we've known, guys, you got to remind me, you got to help me out here. I'm almost certain that every year he's been in the league, he's been hurt. And he's missed extended games, not your three, four games. If we're calling Anthony Davis street clothes, what the hell are we calling Mitchell Robinson? Tennessee tuxedo? I don't know. But I like what, I like what Hartenstein and Sims give us. Because you know what? And I'm going to stop after this. Not only do I like what they give us, but they're giving it to us. We can't depend on this guy to give us that. Say what you want about anchoring the defense. How many times tonight, and just tonight's game, guys, how many times tonight did Hartenstein alter shots? Not, not to mention he blocked three of them. But how many shots did he alter? And then he altered the shot and still got the damn rebound. I'm not high on him, guys. I'm, I'm serious. I'm not saying he's Bill Walton. But Mitchell Robinson ain't. If, if Mitchell Robinson is the answer, I want to know what the hell the question is. But I, I'll digress, <laughs> dude. I'll digress. <laughs> you know, with that being said, it kind of it, it kind of does beg a question. You know, with our two you know prominent draft picks in, in, in Mitchell Robinson and R.J. Barrett, and the off season being what the, what it's going to be, you, you know, come come this off season, do the Knicks consider a possible you know package deal with those two guys, and you know, and, and probably in hopes of luring a superstar? I mean, it's 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 a valid thought. I'm pretty sure the people in the, in the spaces have been have been talking about it at, at nauseum by now. And but, let, me, um, let me say this. Uh, let me say this. Uh, that, that poison pill expires on June 15th. Everybody knows what the poison pill is, right? Yes. The poison pill is some team got to match, match X amount of dollars in order for them to trade for R.J. Barrett if it happens before June 15th. June 15th, that goes bye-bye. And when you really look at his contract and what's guaranteed, they can move that contract. But they have to move it after what well, we already know because the trade deadline's over. But that poison pill expires on June 15th. So at the rate he's going, and if Bishop keeps up his great work, they might find a home for this young man. And you know what, guys? It might work out for him. Maybe the pressure's too much in New York. I don't know. He, he's, he's a third pick because there was nobody else in the draft. We've got to get over that shit. But maybe they could find a good home for him, and he'll be – uh, a pretty good NBA player. I think the pressure is too much for him in New York. Fair yeah, point. Fair um, point. And, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm starting to, you, you know, for the last few days, I've been actually considering that thought. And, you know, and I know that everyone on this line has been getting frustrated with it. We've all mentioned it. But um, you know what? If, if, if it means parting with RJ, you know, come July 1st when free agency begins and, 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 and all that, all that hot mess, I mean, it, it's got to be done. But anyway, um, Mr. G, share, share more of your thoughts and yeah. your sir. All right. Um, as far as the all right, as far as the all day situation I mentioned, uh, you know, I'm trying to give him a little chance. But as far as like a trade, I'm not against that if it could happen. Um, the Mitch situation that. Yeah, that was good talk right there because, yeah, he, he's great on defense. He he blocks three-point shots. He, but as these guys mentioned, he just doesn't stay healthy. I love the guy. I love the kid. He When, he, when he's on the court, he, he's good. He plays great. He, he shows great defense. He rebounds. But, man, he's been in the league, what, three, four years already? And he, he don't got no – Ah, he it's like he's stiff. He he's stiff. That's he don't he don't got a a, a hook shot. He, he he doesn't he doesn't have anything as far as offensively. His his footwork is is bad. It, it's bad as far as offensively. It, it's bad. You need something on the offensive side. The guy is seven one. His wingspan is crazy. And he he grabs an offensive rebound and he looks to throw it out almost every time because if he he's not going to go up for a dunk he he's not scoring. 
So I, I like what Harnstein and um, Sims is bringing right now. In the sense of having a, a real big man, that's what I like about Mitch, the seven one, the the long wind span and everything that I mentioned. But uh, the consistency or the lack thereof is, is the problem with Mitch. And not being on the court, of course, always injured. Dom was absolutely right. Every season he's been injured and missed a, a, a nice hey, Mr. G, guess load who, of games. Guess who he always gets? Mr. G, and guess who he always gets hurt against? It's the Wizards. The same team every time. <laughs> every time it's the Wizards. That's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. It's like he got bad juju against them. Don't don't play him against the Wizards no more. <laughs> Sit him out. He got an illness. <laughs> What's the illness? The Wizards. <laughs> every time he plays them, he gets injured. So we want to avoid that tonight. That's it. There's only four games. Mitchell Robinson no, came away from Chocolate on the, City. Real, on the real side, you know, like I really like what Harnstein, Um, I'm not sure who mentioned it, but um, I believe it was Dom. He, you know, his his effort, uh, the second um, the second chance efforts, the altering shots. He when he's on, he can actually hit the um, the three ball. So he stretches the the floor a little bit. He's shooting the the floater. It's not with the the greatest finesse. He is like seven feet tall, he, and he he's able to put the the ball in the basket. Unlike um Mitch, and that that makes a big difference for us because everybody else it, it you know they get if he's beyond if he's not in the paint they're gonna leave him alone. That is your is your right to leave that man alone. He he's not doing nothing from being you know, from beyond the paint, uh, the paint area. Like, he's not doing anything. They're not lobbing it to him. Don't worry about him. Just box him out when if they miss. Right. And, and of course, you got to have him on the court, man. He, he, he's missed a lot of games. All right. Thank you very much for that. Uh, Ab, Ab, let me say, let me say one thing real quick, Ab. Remember what I said? Yeah, Dom. 2021, when we had that best defense in the NBA, Mitchell Robinson, 31 games. 21-22, when we fell off and couldn't do shit right, most games he ever played, 72. This year, second in field goal against, second in three-point percentage against, third in rebounding, he played 38 games. Do the math. Well, um, if, if, if you're counting, you know, dispensable players now, you, you know, you're starting to see three or four, maybe five players on this, on this roster that, you know, that have become somewhat dispensable. And, and if, you know, if, they're, if their contracts are not picked up or if they're, you know, they're still signed by, you know, by the end of July 1st, then, you know, just, just take a look at – just sit around the NBA landscape and see – you know which team has you know a, a very big component piece, and now you have draft picks and players to move around. And just like Dom said, that poison pill provision goes away June fifteenth. So that's neither. I mean, this is an interesting thought going forward. <laughs> Bishop, we're heading into the All Star break, and 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 yeah. you know the Knicks are six games over five hundred. Um, the rest of the way, can you give can you give us a forecast on exactly like you know what teams do we have to look out for in the schedule and any other additional thoughts? So it's it's twenty two games left. It'll be twenty two games left, I believe. So like I said, I, they got to win about sixteen to eighteen of those games. Just way it guarantees that you are in like that fifth seed. So that at least you play somebody comparable to what um, you guys are talking about big men, Hartenstein or Hartenstein and Sims, they're okay during the regular season. But when we play teams that have bigs, like if we play like uh, Milwaukee or Philly, teams that have bigs, we get toasted. Cause, I mean, it's good that we have the bodies, so that's like 18 fouls. But 
when Mitch comes back, even when he does come back, like as everybody said, he doesn't really offer us anything on the offense. And it's going to take him about five to eight games to get back in game shape and stop getting silly fouls. He hasn't played, so he has to get his timing back. So it's kind of like the season for him is almost a wash. And it's like, okay, well, are you going to disrupt the flow that you have with Harkenstein and Sims to help him get back acclimated and game ready, get his legs back under him for the final 22 games? It's like, I don't know if it's going to be worth it. I don't know. Um, as far as RJ goes, it's like, I've been saying this since the beginning of the season. Since game one, it's kind of like, this is his fourth year. It's not like you're playing for a contract extension because you got the money. So you shouldn't have to shoot 22 shots to 25 shots to score 20 points. You shouldn't have to do that. And what that says is you're taking bad shots. You're taking shots that you shouldn't be taking. You should only have to shoot like 12, 12 shots, maybe 12 to 12, 13 shots a game to average your 20 points a game because you got free throws. Take three pointers out of your arsenal. Drive to the basket, your mid range game, and free throws. And he should score 20 points a game easy off of 10 to 12 shots. Um, as far as the playoff prediction, like I said, I think they'll get past the first round. I think they'll get past the first round if they don't fall in that last seed where they got to play like the number one. I think they'll get past the first round. And the second round, it's just like whether you're going to be a tough out or not. Because it's like uh, if we play so right now, we tied with uh, Miami or, or the, uh, the, well, we tied with Brooklyn. And Brooklyn is going to be out of that hunt. This, they, they're, they're going to be the pinatas for the next 22 games or 23 games that they have. So they're falling out of that. They'll probably finish somewhere 12th, 13th, or whatever it is. So the Knicks have a very good chance of finishing, like, that fifth seed. Uh, the fifth seed will uh, – uh, even even hard-pressed, maybe they might get that fourth seed since everybody is within one to two games of each other in that that three, four, five, six seed. Everybody's, like, they're like, two, three games of each other. So that's really easy to catch up, make up ground. So – I think for the rest of the season, if we could win 16 to 18 games out of the last 22, and that means not losing games to the Detroit, the Orlandos, winning the games that you're supposed to win, and then sneaking up and surprising some of the people, maybe like three to five teams that, hey, we're really not supposed to be able to beat Milwaukee. We're really not supposed to be able to beat uh, I don't know if we play the 76ers again. Um, we, we're supposed to be able to dust Cleveland, teams like that. So we should finish close to 50 wins. If we look at the, schedule, the, the record right now, the Knicks has given away about five to ten games just off of, like, making bonehead plays at the end of games and not focusing. So I think they got to make up that ground in these next 22 games. To finish close to 50 wins. All right, thank you very much. Now, uh, I'm looking over the standings, Steve. The Knicks are 33 and 27. That's 60 games in. They're nine and a half out of the first. They, they, they currently sit at six. They're two games behind Brooklyn. And obviously, you know, with Brooklyn making the deals that they've made, you know, they're still a playoff team. But we can definitely make some ground on them. And then we're only about four and a half games about four games behind the Cleveland Cavaliers for the four seed. Now, with that, you know, with that standing being as it is, the, the, the six seed will play the three, which will be the Philadelphia 76ers, which I think is an, is an okay matchup. And, and the Knicks can't get by Philadelphia. We, you know, we seem to match up well. Looking forward to the future, given, given the fact that, you know, we, we try not to do that too much, but looking forward to the future. Can you see the Knicks getting past the Sixers if the, if, if the standings hold true as of today? Yes. They could beat Philadelphia. 
And to be Philadelphia, I would agree with Bishop's assessment as far as having a healthy Mitchell Robinson to try to, you know, utilize those six files versus an Embiid. Um, but uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't think we might not even play them. We might end up playing Cleveland, and here's why: uh, 22 games left. Cleveland's ahead of us by what four games in the, in the standings right now? Four and a half, whatever that number is, right? They have a relatively easy schedule. The Cavaliers. I think we do not catch them. I think we're probably going to get to five because obviously what you said about Brooklyn by default, you know, trading away Kyrie and, and, and Kevin Durant. They're not they, good team. Nice little team with a bunch of threes and fours that do a lot of the same thing, but not enough to withstand their position currently uh, in the standings. Uh, they're going to drop. So we're going to get, we're going to take Brooklyn spot. So it's a matter of Cleveland or Philadelphia. I think Cleveland has a lot. They play a lot of bottom dwellers after the all-star break, a lot of Indiana's, a lot of Orlando's, uh, Washington's. I mean, they played Philadelphia once. I think they got us once, but I mean, barn, Significant injury. I think they'll they'll hold serve a majority of their schedule. Now, Nick Nickelback, I have I know we're pressed for time and final thoughts after me probably or whatever. But next week when we get on, because I know you want to give first half grades to the players, and there's one thing I definitely want to bring up next week, and I'll, I'll kind of allude to it now. And and I think it goes to the synopsis of this whole entire episode outside of the Nick win is more about Barrett and his potential. It's a it's a big it's actually more of a gloomy. Uh, issue that the Knicks have current regime past regime the inability to develop players and I mean we could look we could go down the list I mean you heard me say for years Don you know since Mr. Robinson after year number two like hey man this guy should be a 10-time all-star if he just develop a little baby hook if you gave us something offensively he's a, he's an all-star because his defensive rebounding and defensive you know blocking ability offensively he had it he'd be an all-star but it it, it just it, it doesn't start with or stop with Mitchell Robinson or even R.J. Barrett. Let's talk about Obi Toppin. Same kind of thing. I mean, it, it makes me cringe when he's even making a couple of threes because he'll continue to launch them. But Toppin's game should have been more more Amari Stoudemire, if you ask me, when he was coming out of Dayton. He should the way his skills should have developed as a player. He should have been more Amari Stoudemire, 16 to 18 feet, including throwing up those moon balls from the corner for three. You even go back. You could get on. Hey, say for what it is. They made the trade for Cam Reddish, and they didn't, for whatever reason, it did not translate to playing time for Cam Reddish. But before that, Kevin Knox. You know what I'm saying? You heard Dom rip Kevin Knox for years, and rightfully so. Grimes. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm sorry. I gotta put him under the microscope because, to an to an, a slight degree, I'm I'm like, I might give quickly a pass because he's shown some spurts when um, Brunson was hurt, RJ was hurt. He stepped up big point games. He, so I'll put quickly to the side. Although we've kind of had those conversations in the summer league that quickly, and and the problem I think the reason why I get on quickly probably more than anybody. Um, because you see what Tyrese Maxey is doing in, in Philadelphia, how he just he just kills it, and he's, and he's not almost seventy seventy five percent of what Maxey produces. And they, they you know saying they were backcourt mates at Kentucky, but I'm gonna put quickly to the side. But let's look at Grimes, Barrett. How you want to look at Reddish, Knox, that combination, Toppin and, and Robinson. You could arguably we could literally have a debate uh, that. So the the player that had probably the most growth. <laughs> this is crazy. I know no. Bishop is going like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? And I was going to look at me cross at what I'm about to say. You could arguably make the art. You could make the argument that the guy who's probably has shown the most productivity from where he started to now is McBride. As far as a guy you drafted, you can't count the free agents. You can't count Brunson. You can't count Randall or Hart and Steen or Hart. I'm talking about Nick draft picks. Look at all those guys I named. Okay, RJ's had some big games. I give you that. But to your point, it's not consistent enough. You could arguably say McBride has shown a more progression than all the Nick players I drafted outside of quickly. I'll leave it at that because I know next week you want to have, uh, you know, give first half, you know, first half grades. Uh, Professor Bishop is with us. Professor Mr. G. Professor, oh, man, Professor Dom. Oh, man. Ooh, I, I, I don't even know if I'll <laughs> if Don gives out the, the grades for the first half of these players. Oh, man. That's going to be yeah, a treat to hear. But I'll just leave it at that. 
Dom is brutal. Dom is brutal. Dom's a little that's, brutal that's when it comes Joe to those grades, man. That's, so that's that's Joe Clark. That's Joe Clark. He's a high Patterson, New Jersey. Dom, <laughs> he ain't gonna. I ain't gonna oh, let shit. him pull the punches, man. <laughs> yo, yo, but I'll leave it at that, man. If you guys, if you guys think about one thing, like you remember when RJ was hurt, and yeah. when he was hurt for With those five yeah. games, and you, yeah, yeah, and how the offense flowed, and how Grimes was mm-hmm. taking those shots, like he was like pretty much automatic because the ball was moving and the offense was flowing, and everybody was eating. When you bring somebody in like RJ, who is going to stagnate the ball, and who you know, if if the ball is supposed to swing like an extra two passes, and he gets it, and he decides that he wants to shoot, it takes a shooter out of his rhythm, and that's what's happened. That's what I think is happening in the grinds, because he gets in those flows where he's hitting like two or three of them, and then he gets a game where he only gets like four shots, but he's out there for like twenty something minutes. It's like he's got to get more shots. He doesn't get more shots because RJ's taking those shots. Mm. Well, it's mm-hmm. not just RJ. In his de- in his defense, it's not just RJ because you have to remember that you know that Brunson does you know does um, um you know dominate the ball. So does Randall. And then at the same time, you know when quickly he's on the floor, quickly for some reason feels like he has a green light on anything, and you know there are times where he, you know he's he's hitting them, and then there's times where he's rim rocking the crap out of it, he's throwing up bricks, and you're like, Can why I, did you take take that so, shot? Ab, let me ask you a question real quick on on sure. quickly and Grimes in particular. Where do you think their three per, three point percentage should be right now? Like it should be. I'm not saying what it is. What it should be. It should. Um, for quickly, it should be um, over thirty-five to forty percent, close close to it. And um, you, give it, you, have a, you have a hard number, like a hard number, not, not a range, but give me like a number. Should it be thirty-eight? Should it be forty-two? Should it be thirty-seven? Uh, what do you think? I'll, I'll, I'd be happy if he finishes with thirty-seven. Thirty-seven for thirty-seven okay. for quickly, and and and, and for Grimes, um, slightly slightly less. You know, considering this is his first year as a starter and really getting heavy minutes. I, I I would you know I'd let him get I let him get get away with thirty thirty two something like that. Right right right. So quickly at the league average, I am in agreement. I think he should be a little above the average three three point shooting, and, and Grimes is under that right now. I think he's at thirty three uh, right now. But uh, yeah, I just want matter of fact, if anybody if everybody can answer that question on their final thoughts, please. Uh, that I would love their their opinion on that. Love, uh, I'd love to hear it. So let's go to final thoughts. Let's start off with Dom. Final thoughts, you, you, you know, where do you think that quickly and Grimes should be three-point percentage-wise and, and whatever final thoughts you want to you, you, you give up, brother? 35-36. Well, let's look at this, guys. I'm going to say it in order. I'm going to try to do it real quick. Barrett, Brunson, Randall, 16, 17, 18 shots per game. Grimes, seven shots per game. If we just took, let's say we take five of them shots away from and maybe a shot here, whatever the case may be, the only thing that's going to help Grimes is more shots because shooters need to shoot. And if he's not shooting, he's being stagnant. So if you're going to have him in the starting lineup, we got to somehow, some way, get that ball to him more than six and a half times a night, period. And that's like Bishop said, when R.J. wasn't, I don't want to make this an R.J. Barrett bash night, but when R.J. wasn't in the game, wasn't he getting more shots? He was getting more shots. He was hitting more shots. Let, let's just be honest, guys. If we're going to sit here and talk shooting, there's no comparison between him and R.J. Barrett. Not an R.J. Barrett thing. Yeah. Field goal percentage shooting from the outside, he's a better shooter than Barrett and Randall. And they're all taking more shots than him. 16, 17, 18, that Barrett, Brunson, Randall. And this poor kid's getting six and a half, seven shots tonight. And he's a starter. He's a starter at our shooting guard position. That, that, that can't work, guys. It can't. You know, but that being said, final thought, hey, guys, six games above 500. We're, we're six now, two games behind the Nets. I do believe we play the Nets at least one more time. We do not play the Sixers no more. So that's a wash. So, like Bishop said, last 20 games, if we even win 13 of them, 
we're, we're looking pretty good. Considering where we won, guys, let's not get excited and talk about Eastern Conference Championship. Just like me and Steve said last year, last week, we're where we're supposed to be right now. Are we going to beat the top three seeds in the NBA this year? 90% say no. But it's a good position to be in, guys. I just want to, and I don't, I don't want to discredit, discredit it, but I want to get out the first round. We got out the first round one time in the last 27 years. I'd like to get out the first round. That's showing progression, guys. Progression, new pieces, youngness. That's what I'm looking for as a fan. So on that note, Steve, you know, I love you, brother. Keep up the good work. Steve, I didn't notice. They're playing that outdoor hockey game this year in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah, at North Carolina State, right? Yeah, yeah. at their football field, yeah. At, Car- at, Carter- at Carter-Finley, right? Yeah, Carter-Finley Stadium off of 40, I-40, yeah, right? When, yeah. when, I don't want to hold you up, Steve, but when I heard they was doing it outside, I was like, you going, man? where the hell are they going to hold it? Where are they going to play at? The Bull Durham Stadium? Then I found out today, they're, yeah, they're playing at NC State. Yeah, you should go, man. Yeah. Go for it, man. It's right right there. It's right you know, you know, it's right off, right next to that hockey arena. It's all in that same complex. Yeah, you should go, man. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I could, but I'm I'm busy this weekend, so. But thank you, guys. Man. I'm sorry. Shout out to Donald. All right, all right. Denardo DG on Twitter. Watch out, folks. Uh, Mr. G, your final thoughts, sir, and 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 your three point shooting percentages for um, for Emmanuel quickly and Quentin Grimes, please. All right. As far as Grimes. I would say at this moment, like Don was saying, he's not. He's getting what seven shots? He said that's crazy. I didn't know that. I know it was low. I didn't know it was that crazy. That that's crazy as a starter. Um, I would say thirty-five at the lead percentage because he he's not even getting the attempts he should get. As far as quickly, he he's been a lot more consistent. I would I would say around thirty-eight because he. He's real streaky, and when he gets high, he gets high. Um, he, you know, he did very well when he when he fell in for RJ, them them several games or whatever. So, yeah, around thirty eight for him. I, I think that that's all right. Um, RJ, I ain't gonna get into him again because his, his shooting percentage should be better. <laughs> I can't even give him a number. It, it, he should just be driving. Like, so, um, I'm not sure who mentioned it, but he should just be driving to the rack and going for the traditional three-point play, if anything. Um, final thoughts? The last 22 games, they, y'all said? I'm not even sure how many it is, but 22 games? Man, if you could come up with a good 15 of those, I think we that's beyond solid. Like, that's solid. Um, we are going to need Mitch back. I, 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 as I mentioned, I like um, Hartenstein and Sims, their energy and all that. But as Steve and Bish um, mentioned, against the big men, like the real big men, like um, Giannis and um, Embiid, you, you, you need a big body on them, on them guys. They, they're going to throw Sims and Hartenstein around. So. So, uh, as far as, like, do you want to try getting his minutes up and trying to get him back in game shape, I, I think you do. Because uh, if you're looking to get past the first round and getting a little deeper, if you want to look a little further, you're, you're definitely going to need his body down there. Obviously, we could use more offensive um, play from him. But just just to be there on the defensive end and try anchoring on them guys, that that's that'll be huge for us. But I I want to see a good 15 wins out of these next 22. If, if that's the exact. All right, thank you very much, Mr. G. Bishop, same question to you about Quentin Grimes uh, and and for Emmanuel quickly. Where should their three point percentages be? Um, what are your thoughts on uh, on the amounts of shots that Quentin Grimes is already getting as it is? And your final thoughts, sir. Yeah, I think that uh, so the, one of the things that everybody was saying at the beginning of this season is like we don't have shooting, we don't have shooting. We do have shooters. It's just the wrong people are taking the shots. 
the wrong people are taking the three-point shots. We have shooters on our team. Um, quickly and Grimes should easily, with the shots that they're going to be getting, it should be at about 38%. So 38% keeps everybody honest. That means every single night, their man is going to have to stay stuck to them. So that means Randall gets free roam. Their man is going to have to stay stuck with them. So that means Brunson gets his free roam to, you know, get into the paint and hit, hit his mid-range shots. Um, I think uh, with Hart being there, it still it, it further highlights what it is that you're not getting from the other six six guy who's playing a small forward spot. It's like so you got Grimes there who can guard, and normally each night he's playing like the toughest offensive player on the other side from one two three, and then now you got Hart who can fit into that same role. So it's kind of like what doesn't fit. So everybody can hold defense except for one person. And it's evident, like, each night when you watch the games, he's always out of place. And I'm I'm not – so bashing, I'm not really bashing. I'm just <laughs> saying what what it is. It's evident that this is what the problem is. So there's two deficiencies, the, that, that small forward spot and the big man spot. Those are the two shining deficiencies that we have and I thought we could have done something about it, the trade deadline with the big man. Small forward, we got to live with that because of that poison pill thing, at least until we don't have to live with it. But I thought they could have did something better with the big man. Because for nothing, uh, not to cut was giving them away. Oh, this is G. Um, with Bishop about um, Mo Bamba, man, I was saying that the, the day, uh, the final day of the draft, that – that we could use another big man because of the same fact that um, Mitch is always injured. Uh, Mo Bamba, he does play defense. He grabs boards. And when he's on, he can actually stretch the floor. He could score. That that would have been uh, a great pickup. That that would have been a nice pickup. Cause it would have been for cheap. Mm-hmm. They gave him uh, Patrick Beverly. You all, they gave him Patrick Beverly. No, I'm saying they gave him Patrick Beverly. <laughs> yeah. It was like the... Patrick Beverly. Yeah, take Patrick Beverly and we'll take Mo Bamba. Yeah, hey, like you said, you, you they could have gave him a bag of chips. Because they were looking, they got to go to the big men. They're looking to get rid of him. But, um, like I said, as, as far as as far as the Knicks go, if we can be a tough out in the second round, I'll be satisfied. We're close to 50 wins, a tough out in the second round. The season will be successful. To me. And that's all I had to say. All right. Thank you very much, Bishop. Um, Steve, your final thoughts, sir, and, and then I'll close us out. Yeah, I see that we're over, so then I'll be real quick. Uh, next week uh, we'll get on and give first half grades, even though it's more than half the season. We'll give first half grades on the episode at 9 o'clock, and we'll talk about that. Uh, I agree with you guys as far as if Grimes had more shots, but it's almost a double-edged sword because – you know, you know how this works. Everything runs through Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson, more so Julius Randle than, than anything. So you're going to have to, or the coaching staff will have to get him, the you know, take the ball out of his hands if you want to have better ball move, movement through the point guard. So that's just the sacrifice you're going to have to do if you want Grimes to get more shots because it runs through those two guys primarily. Um, yeah, but we'll, we'll talk about it after the All-Star break. Uh and then get on here next Wednesday, get some grades. Uh, the Knicks were projected to be a 43-win team by Vegas, and I, I, that's what I thought they would have been as, as as they were constructed at the time. They're a much better team with Josh Hart. He's a winning basketball player. Some nights he'll get you two, three points. Some nights he'll get you 11 points. But he'll, he'll fill up a stat sheet, and then you saw the offensive explosion uh, getting 20-plus off the bench. As he's just going to bring in the need that – Whenever the team needs at that particular night, he's just going to do it. He's going to do that consistently. And so I'm glad to have him. And even, you know, riling up fans, WWE style, Nickelback, I know you love that with him talking shit as if it was a wrestling promo. Uh, no, you know, I do. You know, you know, you know, I, you know, I, I see the, 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 you know, I see the script for what it is. He's just, you know, you know, you know, 
the, the fans are more embedded to the team than the players. The players are just play for because of their contracts and stuff. You know, they they like to light you know the fans up as far as trying to you know talk smash. But we'll talk about all that next Wednesday. Nickelback having great win versus the the Hawks on the road, wire to wire win, and you can take us home, Chief. Oh yeah, by the way, when's the next? Uh, ex- uh, the Nickelback Avenue uh, extended on on the Twitter space. What's the next one, man? I'm looking forward to the next one, man. The, the, um, uh, the next the next one will probably be um, sometime this weekend. Um, you know, prior to you know um, all the NBA All Star hoopla, and um, um, I'm looking forward to it. So, guys, if you're there, if, if, if you're if you're available um, this um, this Saturday, I'll try to do it. You know, something around around twelve o'clock. Um, let's see. Let's let's all get together and talk about it, share it with friends, and, 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 and let's have a good time. Um, again, um, Knicks win tonight. Um, six games over 500. The 33-win team at this at this current moment, and as, as Steve just alluded to, they were they were slated as a 43-win team. So, 10 more, and they've already have exceeded Vegas's expectations. So that's a so if you're a Knicks fan, you should be very proud right now. Your team is is firing on on cylinders. Um, that we can only imagine, and with the additions of, of, of Josh Hart, um, I, I can only see it getting better and better um, going forward. So, if you haven't done so already, please check out Orange and the Blues, still available on Amazon Prime. Uh, I'm Nick Abakar Av on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, if you haven't done so already, please please check out the Rink Podcast, featuring Ranger Proud, and of course, Mrs. Steve Azul, and um, podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Blog Talk Radio, uh, Stitcher, all your uh, all, all of your um, your podcast applications available. Look look us up, give us a follow on Bleed Blue Show. This is Nick Abakav, bleeding orange and blue all day every day. Signing out. Good night, everybody. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, 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 blee blue. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.